Spawnerly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. I love it. I love it when that stuff happens because you hit the button more than once and it just goes. It just does what it wants. And that's fine. That's okay. That's okay. What's good, everybody? What's up, Chicago? Hope you all doing well. This is Kali Fathoms. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you're all chilling in your homes. I hope you're all doing well. I hope everybody is getting it in, uh, making sure you are social distancing, washing your hands, washing your butt, making sure that everybody is not touching you because it is not the time for any of that touching and hugging and rubbing and all that kind of stuff is not the time because COVID is no joke. Make sure you're keeping yourself safe. Make sure you're doing all that work and make sure you're making sure that everybody else around you is safe as well. Massive love to you all at home. Everybody here in podcast land, everybody in Twitch land. Uh, it is always fantastic to see you all here rocking with us here on the Spawn of Me podcast. Uh, we had a fantastic show last week. Uh, shout out to uh, Forrest, uh, who was the executive producer on Hitman 3 for coming by and hanging out with us. Uh, Forrest Stewart Large uh, is, is her name. Uh, she was brilliant as as usual, we have nothing but dope folks coming here uh, to Bricago rocking with us uh, on the show. Um, and it was it was really fun to be able to talk to her about not only just kind of the brilliance of the work that she's been doing over the 20 years of, of, of being in the industry, but especially during uh, Hitman 3 being especially one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, we are hanging and chilling with our wonderful friends and who sponsored our show this week and for the past couple of weeks, our wonderful folks over at Team Liquid. Uh, shout out to them for supporting the show. Uh, they are brilliant and uh, also have been hooking us up with some fantastic sexy gear. I look really good in my Marvel uh, uh, retro gear. Uh, if you go to tl.gg spawn, uh, you can copy some joints there at a discounted price uh, and give some love to the folks over at Team Liquid. So make sure you're doing that for sure. Uh, and also make sure that you're just giving everybody some love. It's been a fantastic year so far. 2021 uh, is decent so far. The president is doing things and not ruining the country so far. So that's pretty great as well. Happy to see that that's a part of the process uh, of what we have going on for sure. Uh, this week, uh, we have a dope show. We have a, we have a fantastic show. A very, very cool, super, super dope, amazingly fine, amazingly cool show. Uh, because some folks that I've been hoping to have on the podcast for a long time have finally arrived. Uh, we have snagged them. Uh, we are able to, to get them and corral them within our show confines uh, and keep them here for a little bit uh, to talk about all the wonderful work that they are doing. Uh, we are rocking this week with the wonderful folks from Latinx in gaming. We're rocking with Christina Maya, Juan Vaca, Joe Torado, uh, co-founders of Latinx and Gaming. Shout out to y'all. What the deal be? What's good, y'all? How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Juan, what's good? How's everything? Thanks for the invite, man. It's been a pleasure. Um, kudos to you for organizing all three of us here. Like, it's hard for us to even just get together for a staff <laughs> meeting. So, much props. I mean, I can't, I can't give, I can't have any credit for that. That was all Christina busting her behind to make all that stuff happen. I can't, I can give no credit there. Joe, how are you doing, fam? 
I'm doing good. I, I like how you made it sound like you had to like arm wrestle us to join. You know what I mean? Like you made it sound like you had to put us in a headlock and drag us in. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited. So I only give love headlocks. Headlocks of love. Uh, hashtag headlocks of love uh, is 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 not going to be an actual thing. But uh, I'm very excited to have. I'm you. I'm ready. I, I mean, you have such beautiful locks, man. I'm so jealous. It is unreasonable Thanks, how beautiful your hair is. It makes me very very jealous because I look like Friar Tuck in reverse. It's not cute. Nobody nobody likes that giant. Nobody thinks that's sexy. That's not cute at all. Um, but one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you all rocking with me on the show this week is because the the work you all done in the space has been so important and it has been so fantastic to see you all continue to grow and do the work that you have been doing. You know, I have been following you all for at least a couple of years, each individually and then as a crew for, for, for amount of time as well. Um, for the folks who are not familiar with Latinx and gaming and, and some of the work that you're all trying to do in the space, give them a little bit of information uh, of what Latinx and gaming is and, and all the cool stuff that's happening. Who wants to are we pointing at me? Tag, tag. Yeah, Sure. Um, my doorbell just rang, so who? But well, it's fine. Whatever. We're just gonna ignore that. Um, I, so Latinx and Gaming is uh, basically at its core, it's an advocacy group. We work to try and support and uplift Latinos and Latinas in the gaming industry. Um, it has evolved over time to encompass a lot of other things, but I think at its core, we're trying to just promote inclusion, representation, and just support overall for people, people in the gaming space. Fantastic. Um, I know that there have been lots of conversations around diversity in the space. We've been, you know, knee deep in them for God knows how long here on Spawn on Me. We know that we have so many allies in the space who are also doing that work for their respective groups. You know, when you when you started to think about, you know, kind of starting Latinx and gaming, um, you know, what was the initial kind of, you know, aha moment where you're like, we need to make this thing real. We need to kind of, you know, galvanize forces and become uh, Voltron and make this thing real. What was the, what was the kind of light bulb moment that kind of sparked all of that? I think that one's on me. Um, I used to attend a lot of conventions, right? And uh, I would always run into other Latinos that I knew personally. And we would kind of make jokes at each other, like, ah, oh, you know, our parents still don't know what we do. Like, we're the only ones that speak Spanish. Can you believe this character looks like this? And I kind of realized like we were all on our own islands, not really talking to each other. And other groups had like organizations, right? There was women in gamings, the blacks in gaming interest groups, et cetera. And there was none for us. So I think after GDC, I asked all my panelists, which was everybody on this call, hey, do you guys want to go ahead and put together our own group? And that's kind of how we formed. Yeah. I remember very specifically, I think, I think, Christina, I think we met when you were working over at Unity, if I if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. um, okay. and you were doing that work over in that in that space, I know Joe. I think we I think we met once at a convention in passing, uh, kind of saying what's up, and I was like, Yo, Joe, I see you. What's good, fam? Um, but I think I think one of the conversations that we we had in between those spaces was around not only the conversation of you know how do we join forces to do cool stuff together, but again what's the what's the missing piece of the of the puzzle where you know you, you don't see your group represented in the best and biggest ways that we see are possible 
Um, the industry itself continues to evolve and continues to try to get bigger and better with some of the things that it does. But we all, again, we wouldn't be ha- we wouldn't be doing this work if it was in the right spaces and kind of in the in the in the right vein that um, we hoped that it would be. Um, 2020 was a big a big year for all of you. I know that there were multiple folks uh, who who won some awards, some future class things, uh, some 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 other awards in that space. Um, you know, I think we kind of do this uh, retro every year when we kind of look back and say, like, did the space get better for the industry as a whole and then for our respective groups um, as well? Do you feel like, you know, if you take a look back at 2020, that the space has gotten better for, for our Latin brothers and sisters? I, I think so. I would say, I, you yes. know, I think. Let's go ahead, Juan. Um. I definitely think so. You know, a, a lot of the work that we're putting in is, you know, relies on the community. So we need to reach out and work together to accomplish great things. Um, you know, a lot of that came from reaching out and, you know, starting 2020 at Pack South, putting on the Latinx lounge, right? Like we tried to fill a space with our own content and our own people. And we just kind of kept, you know, building those relationships, pivoting to online, um, and then just learning everything, putting it together for Unidos and everyone that's come together has really like bonded and shown that like we can make great things happen and we don't have to um, limit or hide any part of ourselves to do so. Yeah. Joe, you were going to add something as well, right? Yeah. I go into the point you made in the beginning. <clears throat> like, I think we we had sort of higher hopes and maybe this is a hot take, but we had sort of higher hopes for partnering with other people and sort of, you know, I, I think we were kind of like hoping that other people would step up or like bigger companies would step up and then we could support them. And I think it kind of, we kind of realized over time that like we, we, we kind of have to step up on our own. You know, we have to build the platform for the community and, and create the space ourselves and not just wait for like some company to gift us the space that we want. Um, and so I think there's a, it kind of started there. It was like, all right, we're not seeing the progress that we want to see. We're not seeing the spaces we want to see. All right, we're just going to do it. And like, we can't wait for anyone else to do it for us. So, you know, then, then, then it like opens the door. Right. And you can say, all right, fine. You're going to, we're going to pull the companies we want to bring with us, like with us, instead of having to kind of like let them drive our message. Yeah. But to that, right. Like, we were considered the experts. So like companies would be like, well, what do you want to do? And I, I just remember the first time I had like a big meeting with a company. I was like, what, what do you mean? You guys don't have like a plan, but like at the same time, they aren't the experts in the field. We actually are. Right. So like that was kind of a learning lesson for us. So, you know, things like that happened. And I think that pushed us along. Yeah. I love that part of the conversation, right. Where it's the like, Hey, so we don't know what the F we doing. Can y'all come through and show us the way to make it happen? Um, and then kind of it puts the burden on on the folks who are usually the ones who are the ones who like need the the, the, the the spaces to do the work so that we can actually like exist in it first. Right. Not even do the actual stuff to be like, well, let me do the emotional labor and all the other parts of it. Like, I just want to be in the spot and just chill for a minute before I can do all the other stuff. Um what when when you're having those conversations with with other organizations and companies because brands I'm sure have been reaching out to to kind of help bolster their ideas about you know what this can be in a real way when you kind of get that when you get that kind of burden put on you in that space 
what's the conversation that you're all kind of having internally about that kind of thing? Because I know for, for me, we're all doing the like, yo, I know they don't know what the hell's happening. We can just tell them what we can tell them. And then I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. Is that kind of conversation in our circles? I'm curious to hear what it is from, from your perspectives as well. I think we have some, you know, back channels where we definitely are like, yo, can you believe like, you know, X, Y, Z. But then, you know, moving forward, I think, you know, we're always like, okay, well, like, let's pivot, right? Like, I I think one of our biggest skills is listening, and that's listening to our community, Mm -hmm. listening to our partners, and then trying to, you know, use that information to help create a plan for, you know, what can we do to get us to that next level? Or what can we do to build a partnership, create an allyship? Um, but you're, you know, you're absolutely right. Like part of that, like work just falls on us to like process and then still have to, you know, pivot and engage. Yeah. I mean, I will say though, uh, sorry, I will say though, like, I think it's kind of great that we're defining our own space, right? Like Latinx and gaming is a product of the six of us. It is all of us putting our love, our hopes, our dreams, our passion into this organization, into this non-for-profit and making it who we are and extending that vision of what we want Latinx and gaming and Latinx and gaming for all of the industry to be for everyone else. And I really like that. Yeah, that's that's so important. And you have such a dope crew, too. Like you have such a such a dope squad, like your squad is killing it in so many different ways. Um, One of the things that I that I constantly think of as a refrain uh, that I'm talking to other folks in other spaces with. And then also when I'm when when I'm kind of poking at folks who are kind of doing this in their respective spaces is culture is such a huge part of this conversation. I feel always gets missed. Right. It's a thing that from very, very white companies who, who try to impose what they idea, the idea of culture is across gaming uh, in those spaces. You have folks who uh, are, are in their own in their own bubbles of, of influence who don't understand exactly how important um, those you know those small tangible parts are to the equation. What's the thing that the industry gets wrong on culture the most? And especially from the conversation of Latin culture? Hmm, I, I can make a list. This was um, amazing when I answered yeah. that question. <laughs> yeah, Good totally. Um, no, I think um, I think the biggest thing that people kind of forget about, and honestly, this is a problem for us internally, is uh, it's such a diverse group of people, right? We're not like one big block. We're not like, you know, you can't just like say something to the Latinos and then everyone's going to get it, right? Like, <laughs> it's just not how that works. Um, we're talking about like, multiple different countries and then subcultures within those countries like you know there are countries in south america that you could consider as diverse as like you know the united states as far as like having indigenous and then like it you know immigrants and then like people coming over borders and so i think that's probably the biggest thing where people just go all right we got we got some latino budget we're just gonna like that's it you know (laughs) but like that message does not work for most people or a lot of people or, you know, so there's, I think that's probably the biggest thing and just getting that message across. And then, like I mentioned, it's a struggle for us too. like, you know, there are so many people to talk to and we can't as a nonprofit reach every single one. And we sort of have to like divvy that up and figure out who we're talking to at any given time, which is, uh, it's hard. So I, I get it, but you know, it comes up a lot. Yeah. Anybody else had any I think another thing. Yeah, go ahead, Juan. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is always like uh, kind of what you were talking about earlier. 
um, we don't necessarily have to always and only be subject matter experts about our culture, right? Like, can't we just be, you know, the heroes of our own story uh, that has nothing to do with where we're from or the way that we live or what we eat um, or, you know, checking for that, you know, representation every single turn. Um, you know, like I don't check myself every day when I you know, get up in the morning and I'm like, you know, am I Ecuadorian enough today or El Salvadorian <laughs> enough today? Um, you know, I just want to be me. Yeah, I don't know what the like Metaclorians versions of grits would be for black folk. Is like how much, how much, how, how much black are you today? Like, did you did you get oppressed in some form or fashion? Did you did you did you watch enough episodes of Good Times before you went to work? Like, I don't know what the quantifiable blackness is uh, that we wind up having to get, to get when it comes to that conversation. But I'm I'm happy to hear you share that because I, I'm I'm with you. There's some solidarity in there for sure about like what in the hell. Uh, can I just game and, and do that part of it um, in that space? Um, I do want to dig into to, to that part of the, the the conversation too about the vastness of of the community uh, and the diversity within the community in and of itself. And I'm sure that there are times when there are internal fights across different different parts of of the diaspora, right? Where there's lots of people who are, you know, here's the thing. We see it with uh, uh, with the with the term Latinx has been a huge controversy in, in so many different spaces uh, that people are still battling out to try to figure out if that's a if that's a thing that they want to use as opposed to not use because of the, the, the gendered way the language works. This, those minutiae and those kind of like nuanced parts of that conversation, how do you all deal with that part of it as well from an internal part of the team to then kind of figure out ways to balance that out when you're kind of giving out that information to other folks uh, as the as the kind of experts in that space? I think when, let's talk about Latinx in specific, yeah. when people are talking about Latinx versus Latin versus Latino, here's here's my thought process on it. I will call you what you're interested in being called, but if you are disrespectful of other people for the intent that they want for what they are interested in being called, that's where I, I have to pull back, right? Because that's not fair. It's not fair if like you don't like Latinx because you think it's American. It was actually invented by Latinos, right? And it was invented to be inclusive. And I understand the arguments for and against it, especially in terms of like pronunciation, but it's still a term that some Latinos want to use and we should respect that. So I kind of feel like that's our philosophy and how we run everything here. We just want to be respectful of everybody's opinions as long as it's not infringing on respecting someone else. Yeah. Anyone else want to yeah. jump in? On like that? Our priority is to create a safe space, you know, like everywhere we are, whether we're in a panel um, or on the discord. And so we have, you know, moderation teams and people ready to like, you know, fight each other and stand up for each other, because I think that's what the community really is about, um, having each other's backs. And, you know, in order to do so, we kind of have to, you know, talk about the paradox of tolerance where like you cannot tolerate the intolerant because it will then begin to destroy, you know, the peace that is in there. So as long as, you know, we keep, you know, safeguarding and protecting our like the door is always open and people will see that they are included because that's at the core of our community. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I think. Um... The thing that bothers me the most about it, I could go off on this on a tangent. There's people in chat that are calling up the, that I've been through some weirdness online with this conversation. Sure. Um, my whole thing is like, you can't argue with our message, right? Like if you're, if you're trying to take down our entire community or our entire effort by over like a, a letter, then <laughs> I look at you as arguing in bad faith, right? Like, you know, I, if you're like mad that we're trying to help 
people, then I, I don't really have much time or effort for you anymore. And so I, I realized over time that like there is this discourse, but that discourse is not in good faith. It's not trying to help anyone. It's just trying to distract from the work. You know, it's people being upset and, and frustrated that other people are getting some shine. And I just, I got no time for that anymore. <laughs> I just like, I can't. So. I think my my favorite thing is when people reply to nobody uses Latinx and it's like, then why are you bringing it up? <laughs> like, obviously you just saw that we are. You know? I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those weird things. Like the things that people choose to be mad about is so wild, especially in the way that the internet works is because people will not read a thing, not pay attention, not do any of the homework, not do any of that stuff. Not, never ask anybody, but have the most to say. <laughs> about a particular subject um speaking about that stuff again you know as one of the more kind of high profile groups within gaming in this space do you feel like there are um what's the best way to put this do you feel like at a certain point um the energy that you wind up getting when you're kind of known as the group to go to winds up kind of um impeding your ability sometimes to to reach across um whatever that aisle may be or to or to um when you have those bad actors who could potentially be allies is there do you feel like there's a way to flip some some of that stuff when you're kind of like the folks to go to uh in in a particular space And and i ask that because i think that there are folks that the community picks and then there are folks that the industry picks right as like oh these are the folks to go to and then when that kind of happens and you get knighted you know so to speak uh then all the the, the boo birds kind of come out of the woodwork when it comes to that kind of stuff how, how are your <laughs> thoughts around you know that kind of um that kind of conflict that winds up happening um i think i'll jump in i think uh one of the biggest things that we face is the sort of bigotry within our own community. Um, mm. I'm, you know, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are parallels within the black community as well too, right? Where there's just like different levels and you're on a different tier. And so like, I think unfortunately there becomes this sort of us versus them mentality. And, mm. and the way I think we've tried to combat that is to focus on the platform, not necessarily being only about us. Like, I love that we're doing this thing right now and showing off stuff, but like, the Latinx platform, we try our best to make sure that, you know, something like Unidos, I didn't have content, my own content on it, right? Like we were, I hosted other people's panels to try and give them the space to like put their message out there and show off the cool stuff that they're working on. And so it becomes a tough situation because you want to be a personality maybe, or you want to like put yourself out there. But as soon as you do that, you become a target. I'm sure you felt that way. I'm sure there's people that are watching that have felt that way. And so I think we're trying our best to just say, hey, this isn't about me, you know, this isn't about Juan or Christina, this is about our community and, and start fighting that argument that way. But I think you're right that like, once you cross a certain threshold, you know, once, once you are in the game awards or something, right, all of a sudden, there's a people who have a lot of opinions about you, and, <laughs> and they're frustrated about it. And I, I kind of hate that. But um, we're trying our best to just like focus on doing the work and saying, hey, our record speaks for ourselves, not necessarily like, get into arguments and on Twitter or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, go ahead, Christina, you look like you had a thought on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, uh, when it comes to Latinx and gaming, as long as you're not, you know, you were hanging out at the Capitol on January 6th or whatever, <laughs> like 
you're a person that, sorry, you're somebody that really wants to work in the gaming industry and you're Latinx. If you can be respectful in our space, if you can be kind to people in our space, we will always try to help you. We'll always try to help each other. Like there are not enough of us at the table for us to try to gatekeep people or try to keep people out. Like we are trying to get everybody elevated because all of us are important. All of us are unique. All of us are diverse and we matter. And so I want us to be there. Yeah. I think that the that conversation about being at the table is, <clears throat> excuse me, is is pretty pronounced and profound, right? Where it's one of those things where, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this prior to 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 going live, but it's like the conversation I hear often from various groups within the within the industry is around what's the what's the what's the P and L to, you know, having more. Uh, underrepresented groups within the space, right? It's like this idea that we are just looking for representation for the sake of representation and that we don't bring value to the space in both a cultural and in a monetary way. And it's like, I'm, I look at, I look at cats all the time. It's like, motherfuckers, I pay my taxes. What are y'all talking about? Uh, in terms of me not having, uh, a, a place in here to do that work in, in, in any of those kinds of ways. When you, when you're thinking about how you're trying to pitch or, or trying to get across the conversation about the value that the group that you represent brings to the table, what are the conversations that you're having with folks uh, to kind of to kind of nail that down? Uh, to kind of like say, like, we're planting our flag here and this is the reason why you need to be paying attention to us in this kind of way. I, I'll throw a number out there. Um, I'm looking at our half year report that we did last year. Uh, there's 400 million gamers in Latin America. Like, that's a lot of people, you know? Uh, that's a lot of people that don't speak English probably either, right? So there's just math on our side, you know? And, uh, like, forget the, forget the like, you know, philosophical arguments or the, you know, the like actual stuff that's rooted in like being good people, which should be for granted at this point. But like... <laughs> We're talking about millions and millions of people who probably feel ostracized and don't feel represented. And like, that's just math to me, you know? And so like, if if you're asking those types of, and we get those questions, you know, all the time, but if you're that confused, then I, then I kind of go back and go, hmm, maybe we gotta like talk to these people a little bit more and explain a little bit more about what they're missing out on right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Juan, do you have thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it's just untapped markets, you know, like if, if we're going to talk about like profits and losses, then, you know, it's in your interest to, you know, broaden the message, you know, like as a storyteller, uh, be able to, you know, use the stories that you tell and pass on information as, as human currency, right? Like, what are we learning from this? How is this accessible? How can we relate, you know, um, just digging down and finding ways to connect is uh is more important than having to defend myself as to like why you should see me as a person yeah christina like or money value behind it yeah agreed christina i mean you know me i've been working in marketing for what like 10 years now (laughs) and every time (laughs) every time i like talk about like our markets and you know who we're reaching out to like without fail i have to be the one to bring up latin america right? right i have to be the one to be like 
because, you know, I've worked with Latinx audiences and Latinos, you know, and I've worked with people in esports. I've worked with people in game development. I've worked with people who are actually buying my games. And what I can tell you is all across the, all across of all of those fields, like it's passion, passionate fans, passionate community, passionate game developers, people who are willing to, they may not have the money that you have in Europe or in like Asia, but they have the passion to sit there and be a fan, to watch all your streams, to, to be part of all the content. And that to me is incredibly priceless and I, I just wish that like we put a little bit more emphasis on that we focused a little bit more on that yeah it was it was an interesting couple of weeks um a couple of weeks ago um his name is his name is um uh leaving me currently but the conversation around fam who uh streamed Fortnite to, to 2.5 million people and then everybody in Iman was like Latinos play play <laughs> play Fortnite like they have audiences. What is what is happening right now? I was like, have you not seen the like the just like again the numbers alone prove that stuff out as is like this is a block of folks who not only matter because they matter because they matter, but also like there's an audience here that. I, but the weird thing is like, and, and this is one of those those bugged out things to me too because I I am from a city where. It is one of the most diverse cities in the planet, right? I'm from New York City, right? So, like, there are parts of, of Latin culture that have been infused into me. Like, my, my dad is, like, like a Puerto Rican. So, it's like, there are parts of that conversation that, like, flood into me that I'm just remembering all those things when they have those conversations of being, like, Greg F., thank you, Mary, uh, in the chat. Greg F., uh, doing that work. Greg, 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 good. I'm always getting his name wrong. Um, but those parts of the conversation are never foreign to me because I've just grown up with them. But it feels like when you have those conversations with so many other folks, they're magically and constantly uh, surprised that you all exist <laughs> and, that, and that there's a market that is there for, for any of that stuff. What's the, what's the thing that you're that you're not necessarily just always tired of hearing, but it's like, you know, what's the thing that you're poking at specifically at people to say, like, if there's this one thing that you could be doing better right now to better serve our community within the gaming space, do this one thing, make sure you nail this, make sure you put this at the forefront of the ideas around what you're trying to put forth uh, to kind of help people kind of move that needle, needle, needle forward. Um, Christine, I'm going to go to you first on that one. Thank you. Um, honestly, for that for that question, do, do your research, right? Like, here's the thing: every single like game in like the '90s, like, was either in Mexico or like in Mexico or possibly in Mexico, right? Like, there was no nowhere else, right? And they would just pick the same country, the same stereotypes they got from like 1960s Hollywood movies, and that was it. And and for me, like, if you were to put some real Brazilian representation in a game, right, put somebody in there that's full-bodied, real character development, et cetera, oh, my God, Brazil would go crazy for that, right? And you would have mm. such a major audience. So I, I say do your research. Yeah. Juan, thoughts on that? I think you have to hire, you know, hire diversity. You have to have someone inside that cares about the mission and knows what you're building and can speak to, you know, uh, 
whatever that area or scope of responsibility is. But at the same time, understand that like they can't be the shoulder and weights for the entire culture, right? Um, I think like, but having at least, you know, the start for one will then turn to two and three and all of a sudden, like you'll have a spectrum of um, diversity yeah. and representation. Yeah. Joe, thoughts on that? Um, I think, I think it, these, those two things are circular. So it's actually a really good, like, I like that we covered both of them, right? It's like to have the accurate representation in the game and to have that sort of real thing, you got to start hiring people at your companies who actually feel that and, and live that experience. Um, you know, P1 is in the chat right now. And if I, if I remember correctly, P1's the, our man who, uh, had that really emotional reaction to seeing, uh, Miles Morales in Spider-Man yep. and like, you know, that was a thing that permeated the conversation of gaming for like weeks, right? People talking about, and and like part of that's really good. Part of that's like amazing to see that. Part of that's also a little sad because it's like, man, we got this one representation and everyone's like, ah, you know? Uh -huh. um, but like just seeing that moment, you know, be literally in Spider-Man and having that be a thing that permeated the industry was super cool. And I think we'll see more of that. Like we want that to be regular. We want that to be every day. We don't want that to be a, you know, a, a random occurrence. And so I think, you know, kudos to them for taking that very seriously. I think they did a great job. Oh, it is P1. Yeah, what's up? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that idea is really important. And I think that idea then permeates to all these other places. Like then you start getting more diverse people and your teams, then you start getting people who actually play games or being more vocal about that being positive. And it's just like this snowball that happens where like it just continues to gather momentum, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting space, right? Where it, it, it does feel weirdly bad to be super excited that we get the one person, right? I feel guilty about that often, right? It's like, you know, oh shit, you know, we finally got a black person who didn't sound like he was on the chitlin circuit and also had reasonable hair and also like, you know, all those all those things kind of, you know, put into into one basket. Um, it also makes me really want other stories and other angles to those conversations. I love the fact you brought up um, the conversation around Brazil. Christina and, and, and other places that we don't necessarily get a chance to see. If you had your druthers and you had your ability to kind of make the thing that you want, you don't have any restrictions, you don't have any guardrails. What's the what's the one sliver of the culture that you want to kind of poke at that you feel no one has really dug into in, in a real way yet? Uh, I'm going to circle back to Joe on that one first. Ooh, okay. Um, I was hoping that you'd go the reverse again. No, um, I think <laughs> you got me. I think one of the things we're sorely missing, like as a person who has felt this, like I, I was raised by women. I, I had like a lot of female influence in my life. And that is a big part of, you know, Latinx culture. And I don't think we necessarily get a lot of that in our medium, right? We don't get a lot of like that kind of vibe. And I, it's hard to explain, right? It's like the, you know, the, the strong woman who would like, like is the backbone of the community and it's the backbone of the family um that thing we don't see it very often and mm. like i wish we did because you know um it's a really important part of the culture and it's it's probably hard to pull off but i want that so badly i want people to like experience that because they probably won't in real life and so it would be a cool medium to have them experience it in. yeah one that's on that uh 
this is definitely my narrative designer yeah. <laughs> kicking it to overdrive right now. Um, but I think it's important that, you know, we use this interactive medium to kind of hold up a mirror and we have these tough conversations about colorism, machismo, indigenousness, um, and like be able to like look at ourselves and like learn like, like where have we come from? Like, right? Like we're all a legacy of survivors and it's really up to us to like own and figure out like our history, but only know that it only happens through growth and that only happens through feedback. So I think, you know, finding ways to tell stories um, that like, I'm actually like, this is actually my dream project is to like do one where it's a conversation between me and my grandma. Hmm. it's like as we dive into into photos and it's like grandma tell me about history like you know what do we unpack in you know that narrative so um i guess that's that's my drop like i'm working on something really cool Shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> um, so that's that's what i eventually like want to build because i think like it's important that like you know we tell our stories our ways about the things that are important to us exactly to like what joe said um and from a personal matter like you know, when my grandma passed away, like it then took on like my, you know, uh, aunt to be the new matriarch. And what does that mean? And the level of responsibility. And we kind of don't see that reflected in any type of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Christina, your thoughts on that? Um, off topic, but like, do you know how in karaoke, the person before you just like sings really well and then you're like next up on stage? <laughs> That's what I'm feeling right now. Like, how am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love um, that. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, um, it is, it's actually not happening in gaming, but if it could be, Disney uh, made me cry with a 12-second trailer that was about a new Colombian movie that they're coming out with, a new um, animated feature. Mm. And it just played a very classic Colombian Colombia song. And I just like tears streaming down my eyes. And I was like, I'm being ridiculous. But at the same time, I knew I wasn't like this. This immediately brought me back to my homeland, to where I was from, to what I was feeling. And it made me feel so connected. And I shared it immediately to my family Facebook group and all 80 of them shared it to their friends. And like, it, we just, it was so emotionally connecting to feel like I was back in Colombia, to feel like I was back home with my people. So for me, a game that can transport me back to that to make me feel connected to my people in that same way, I would really love that. That's man, don't make me cry up in here talking about stuff like that. <laughs> but I but I love that stuff. I, I mean my my own personal connections to to the culture are, are always through and mostly through women as well, because I've had so many amazing women in my life kind of help raise me. You know, I had my I had my actual grandma and then I had my Rican grandma who was around the corner who was my best friend's mom. Um, and I learned so much just from like a cultural standpoint. And it was all initially through food right it was just like you know you know you roll through you come come and hang out and you get you know oh god what are, what are some of the things that we used to just chill and just just hang that's out that's how they stuff. get you i mean i mean it was but the beauty of it was like you know it was it was like a, a dominican dad and a, and a rican mom so it was like i'd have all the dope stuff i remember having uh mangu for the first time and dying I was like, I am resurrected because it is the heaviest thing you can eat on the planet, but it's so good uh, that you don't know what to do with your body because you're just like, I just can't move anymore. I am just stuck to the ground uh, with stuff like that. But it's also one of those conversations where music and food and all those things hardly ever get touched. Like, I would love to see the, you know, the music version of Floor Kids, right? 
that game where you learn bachata and, and you learn salsa, you know, you, you do all the, you do all the stuff like that would be dope. Like that would be fire, right? There's so many different things you could be able to kind of pull into uh, because the culture is so vast and, and, and so, and so beautiful in that way. Um, when you think Sorry, about- one thing on that. Yeah, please, Joe. Sorry. Um, and one thing that you, going back to PNLs, right? Like yeah. we see all these game companies de- delving into like, ancient cultures delving into vikings like there is a dearth of like latinx focused stuff that like people haven't delved into right different cultures indigenous cultures you know like history there and it's just like ripe it's just sitting there and no one has actually like jumped into it and tried to like tell those stories in a way that isn't like through the lens of you know colonizers and so that would, that's my other argument too is like man you know you could just open a, a an encyclopedia on like a random country in, in south america and you'll see like crazy history right it like culture and changes and no one's like thinking about that and so i think from the pnl perspective there's just like all this stuff there that people could just be diving into and exploring and there are indie companies that are doing it shout out to uh lienzo for you know like there's just there's a lot of people doing that stuff in smaller forms but i want to see that and 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 another piggyback off of that is like i want to see the powerful history parts i don't want to always see the parts where it's the downtrodden parts of the conversation i'm just like there are so many stories that we just don't poke at uh because we we definitely well the industry definitely centers white powerfulness in that way often um, and never digs into yeah. any anyone else's ability to triumph or to push back against the oppressor or to kind of grow the space in a bigger way. Uh, but everybody's like, yo, them Vikings had dreads. And I'm just like, nah, there's so many other things that we can be talking about <laughs> that is yeah. really dope and we can have really good conversations about. Juan, go ahead. Um, as we were like promoting the show on Twitter, I, I kind of want to boost and talk about Dandara, the yeah. game that somebody was talking about in the chat, which is exactly that, right? A Brazilian capoeira fighting game, I think, against colonizers. I didn't get a chance to see anything, but that it drops on Epic Game Store tomorrow for free. So like, this is exactly the kind of stuff that we want to use our platform to talk about these new experiences by the people that can tell on, that only can tell their type of stories. Yeah. I, and I, and and I, every, go ahead, go ahead, Christina, sorry. I was going to say, we have a lot of showcases that we do. We did like two last year, and I know we're going to definitely do at least one this year of games. Um, and we even make games during game jams. Um, Elaine hosts those. Uh, and like all of those games have so much interesting representation, so many different things that they want to talk about. And I, I really, it's like Latinx and gaming again here. I, I really love like being able to show those off. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, there's, there's going to be so much cool stuff that you're doing throughout the year. Uh, shout out to Elaine as well. Who's amazing and fantastic. Um, for the, we're, we're, we're going to let you go in a minute, but I want to give you a space to kind of talk about some of the things that are coming up. I think there's going to be a lot of cool, um, activations and campaigns and, and, and alignments with, with, with things that are happening, um, in the gaming space. Um, share, please, all the stuff that's happening, you know, that's coming up, uh, Whoever wants well, to take we've, it. we've kind of kept some of our roadmap on like the you know on the DL. DL, and so I kind of I'm looking to the president. Like, if we have any, okay, uh, I, I'm going to say something. So one of the first things we're going to be 
doing is we're going to be releasing a survey soon um, to see which um, Afro-Latinx people we can feature on our social channels, on LinkedIn, et cetera, and show them off for the month of February and give them a space to do webinars, to just stream on our channel, et cetera. And we will signal boost them and we'll make sure that they're highly, highly represented. So we really, really want to like start promoting that very soon. We're working on it. Um, and then the next thing I want to talk about is that we're going to put a survey out for our grant initiatives. We want to do a ton of grants this year for academics, for like, you know, getting an updated rig, for getting that certification you are waiting for, for getting your resume cleaned up, having somebody do it professionally. So we're going to put that survey out pretty soon to see what people are most interested in. Elaine and Juan, I've been working real hard on that. And then we're going to have that out there publicly. Um, and then finally, uh, I will say that in June, tentatively June, we want to do like a little conference where we help upgrade a couple of uh, Latinx folks with their resumes, get them talking to recruiters, get them at a happy hour, get them in a ton of panels where they can learn how to upgrade their LinkedIn, upgrade their social, upgrade whatever they need to so that we can help them get jobs. I love that. I love that. That's going to be so good. I mean, again, it's going to be one of those things where we're looking to all of you to continue to push out such great, such great work into the space. Um, I know we've had small conversations, Christina, about you know uh, the the work that I'm doing over at Intel too, uh, to see if there's some folks in the community that we can help there. Uh, in terms of the the PC stuff that we're doing there. So again, if you have some folks who who are um, in need, uh, who are some 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 stars within the community, I'm putting it out there on Front Street. We're going to get them some machines. Uh, we'll get them some some gaming rigs and, and have them in that space, too, because uh, that's a part of the work as well. So um, alongside that, uh, again, thank you so much for, for coming through tonight. It is brilliant to see how much you have all grown. Uh, I am pushing for y'all. Uh, I love the work that y'all do. Anything that we can do here at Spawn to Me to help that move forward and align with y'all and partner and collab, you know I'm down. Uh, so, uh, again... If you have any other stuff you want to shout out real quick before I let you all go, do it real fast. And then if not, we'll we'll, we'll let you all go for the night and uh, we'll, we'll cycle back and, uh, to the rest of the stuff after we take our quick break. Any any last thoughts? Any other cool Joe, things? you want to do our socials? Yeah. Socials. Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, Twitter.com slash Latinos and gaming. <laughs> uh, Discord.gg slash uh, Ash, uh, Ashner. Uh, Lat uh, Latinx. Um <laughs> I'm I'm crossing my like my social stuff because of my job. Yeah, yeah. The accent. I'll post it in chat. I'll post it in chat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should be better at that. I'm sorry. It, it, it's, it's all good. Twitter.com slash Latinos in Gaming and www.latinxingaming.com. Make sure you're going to check out the work that they are doing there. Make sure you're giving them love on social. Make sure that you're spreading the love so they can grow as big and as quickly as possible because, again, they are the future of the, of the space. I, this this group is is a part of that conversation. They are not in that conversation around the, the the future with the game awards for no reason at all. They deserve all the love that they get. The future is behind us. We're here. We're here now, and we're making a difference. See that? See, look at that right there. That was that was beautiful right there. That's the best way to end this part of the show. Uh, again, thank you all for coming through and hanging out. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I've been playing in the space, and we're gonna talk about our lovely friend uh, who doesn't like to play with ladies, <laughs> who doesn't like to stream with women, <laughs> Ninja. A little bit after the break. Uh, uh, womp womp. Anyway, we'll be right back after this.
We are back. This is the Spawn of Me podcast. If you missed the first half of our show, you missed a dope, dope episode. We had the wonderful folks from Latinx and Gaming coming through and hanging out with us. They are brilliant and awesome and doing such dope things. Again, shout out to our sponsors, uh, Team Liquid, for coming through. Again, I'm rocking their their dope, dope hoodie here. Uh, rocking it because they're doing their Marvel Retro Collection. Make sure you go to tl.gg slash spawn if you want to hear and see more of their wonderful wares. And you'll get a little bit of a discount too if you go there rocking our code for the show um and again stick around for the for the post show uh we'll be talking to all the folks here at twitch chat uh giving them love for all the love they've given us uh and then we'll be doing that a little bit after the show so the story of the week i think uh which was an interesting one uh that came across a couple days ago uh the wonderful mystical ninja had some things to say in a new york times article um, about, you know, whether parents should be kind of doing the work of parenting their kids when it comes to them being assholes, uh, <laughs> on, in online spaces, you know, what it's like to kind of be, you know, this crossover, uh, media star in lots of different ways. Um, and, and he got into the conversation about, you know, basically how they've been talking about or how he has been talking about, um, you know, the toxicity that we wind up seeing in the space. Um, there has been, over the past couple of years, some conversations around him and, and some of the things that he has done in the space that haven't been great. We talked about it some years back about him singing uh, the N-word in a song during a stream and having those parts of the conversations be in there as well. Um, I personally wasn't that mad at it. It was a thing that happened, but it was just like, whatever, that's, that's a thing that happened. Um, but I think that one of the things that popped up in this article uh, in, in terms of the conversation, and I think was something that actually was of import, uh, was one of the conversations that happened around, um, you know, what do you do about, you know, the, the fans that you have, what, what's, what's the stuff that you want to kind of do in terms of keeping not only your, your community safe, um, but, uh, making sure that you're kind of setting a fairly good example for, um, you know, the, the, the young audience that you wind up garnering. There's a lot of people, a lot of kids that watch um, Ninja do his thing uh, every every day and, and watch him and his YouTube stuff and all the things that are that are in that place for him. Um, and there was one conversation that bubbled up and it came up that, that I, want, I want to make sure I get the quote correct uh, because I think it's really important um, to get that part on the record and, and, and share that stuff um, in, a, in a better way. Um, let me see if I can find that super fast. Um, there was a conversation about, um, you know, uh, you know, the question was, is that kind of stuff uh, just a part of gaming that you resigned yourself to? Could it be mitigated somehow? Talking about the kind of, you know, toxic spaces that, that you wind up being in. Um, and he, he says, basically, he's like, uh, he says, I don't think it's gaming. I think it's an internet culture. People are behind the screen. They say what they want and get away with it. You have complete anonymity. Uh, your information and data are precious and should remain private. But it sucks that there are kids who say racist things and can be incredibly aggressive and threatening to women online and have zero repercussions. Uh, it would be awesome if someone said something threatening and you could be like, hey, look, this person's gamer tag up on a website. And if the law could do this, not a normal person. And then, boom, you know, Jimmy gets a call up from from the cops or whatever. Uh, he says, you know, let's call his parents and tell them about all that stuff and, and, and how that kind of has gone down. Um, what the, the, the part that has gotten him in trouble, which I think is the part where we're going to dig into, um, 
He says, you know, let's call his parents. But when it comes down to parenting, you want to know who your kid is. Listen to him when he's playing video games and what he thinks and when he thinks you're not. He says, here's another thing. He says, how does a white kid know he has white privilege if his parents never teach him uh, or don't talk about racism? And if they're gaming and their first interaction with racism is one of their friends saying the N-word and they have no idea what it is, what if what if it was on my stream? And is it my job to have the conversation with this kid? He says, no. He says, because the first thing I'm going to do in my head is think this kid is a troll. Uh, and if someone's trying to do that, they're probably just trying to do that to get me banned. There was a lot of thoughts and feelings that came along with that conversation online. Uh, lots of people had lots to say towards him uh, and, and directly at him. Uh, and he kind of poked back at a, ho- a whole bunch of other people because you can tell he was getting frustrated at the fact that people were kind of coming after him. I shared my own thoughts uh, on Twitter as well. It was like, again, the conversation about him not playing with women is, is fucking weird. I don't understand that from a concept. Again, you do what you need to do in your relationship to keep that to keep that sacred. Um and then also shared that, like, yes, as a person who is on the Internet, you have a responsibility. I understand that we are still trying to play by the Barkley rules. I don't want to be a a um, I don't want to be a role model. Uh, but when pressed about the part of the conversation for multiple people, here's what Ninja had to say in a tweet. He said, it is not my job to sit down and make a video with all of my audiences and do a lesson on civil rights and how not to be a racist. I show that I'm a good person through my actions and how I treat people and those around me every single day. Here's the thing, Ninja. Let me share this with you face-to-face, mano-a-mano, screen-to-screen. That is the most cowardly shit I've seen on the internet in a very long time. (laughs) Because the conversation around if you should do a thing is not the same as... Do you have the ability to actually put good energy into the world? Yes. Everyone gets props for doing what they're supposed to do. You don't get cookies for being a good person. You do get some love if you actually are trying to turn the course of a society in which we have seen so many folks be bad actors, dig into white supremacy in the most profound and open ways that we've ever seen in the past 10 years that I've been alive yeah, I've been alive for longer than that, but I'm saying like in, in the past 10 years, it's gotten infinitely worse. That has come from a bubbling up of people feeling like no one has checked them to be able to say you're a racist and stop doing racist shit. It's not that difficult. It's not like folks are coming out of the woodwork and being like, yo, master, you have to do a master class in understanding race relations and understanding white supremacy. The the circle of influence that you have is huge. The least you can do is take the moment to call Jimmy out and be like, yo, Jimmy, don't be an asshole and don't be racist. Supposedly, this work has been done on his stream often. He has said on multiple multiple tweets that came out that are probably now deleted. Um, his wife, who also does his PR, also came out and said, no one sees all the stuff that he does. He's doing a whole bunch of things and he's been doing all that kind of stuff. I've had multiple people in my in my mentions over the past 48 hours tell me how I'm a racist because I called. Uh, I said that basically Ninja has a responsibility to talk to people and tell them that to, to not be racist. I also put out a tweet that was like, I am totally fine with that. Show me. Show me the the the, the clips. Show me the stuff where he's actively talking about this stuff on stream, where he's actively 
you know, using that energy and using his platform to tell people to not be bad actors and to be these kinds of folks. As of 7 o'clock p.m. PST on 127.21, I've had no responses to that tweet from any of his people who just gotten my mentions about any of that stuff. I've seen near tweet, near link, near clip, near YouTube video, near TikTok, nothing. I've seen none of that shit happen on my timeline because all those things kind of feel like, yeah, all right, whatever, right? The conversation about like what you can influence versus what you choose to influence is huge. I know that for our platform, we get a lot of shit for talking about stuff in reasonable ways. We get a lot of shit from folks within our community for talking about shit in reasonable ways. But the underlying foundation is that we don't rock with racists. Our community is not a place where you can be harbored as a racist. We're not as huge as Ninja, but we have influence in the spaces that we occupy. One of the things that I shared was that, hey, if you don't want to do that work, that's okay. Say you don't want to do the work. I will have way more respect for you if you said, that's a thing that I am not educated enough on to talk about. That's a thing that I don't feel like I have the right words for. That is then in a space to be able to be opened up to say, hey, here are some people who know what the hell they're doing. Let's show them or let's up, let's uplift them. Let's put them in a space where they can do the work that they've already been doing. And I can use my platform to elevate them. Is that happening? No, that's not a thing that's happening. People were still upset about the whole conversation back in last year's June about Ninja and so many others kind of jumping into the space and being like, we, you know, we did some stuff. We spent some money, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, when you are saying that you are putting forth the effort off stream, which again is valuable. I'm not going to say that that's a thing that's not valuable. I want all people who are trying to be allies to do ally shit because that's what you're supposed to do if you care about the world not being racist and terrible. That's an easy thing to do and you should do it. But don't roll up on people and being like, well, I spent some money and bailed some people out and did that kind of work. That shit is easy when you have multi-million dollars in the bank. That is the easiest part of the equation that you can do. The hard part is sitting down with Timmy and Brent and Mitchell and, <laughs> and saying, hey, I don't care about your parents right here. If your parents are not teaching you how to do the work, that's okay. You are in my stream. You're in my community. You are in my space. And I'm going to take the time out to school you on the small amounts of stuff that I know. Even if you're not well-versed, there is a space that you can do the work. No one is absolved of doing the work. That is the actual rule. If you care about the world being anti-racist, if you care about the world being better, if you looked at all the shit that happened at the Capitol and you looked at the past four years of President Trump and you looked at the way that Americans have wilded out, especially white ones, mostly white ones, your job is to take Timmy and be like, yo, Timmy, stop being a fuck ass and stop being racist. Where are your parents and tell your parents that they fuck asses too for telling them all this stuff doesn't matter. So the idea that you don't have a responsibility, and I've heard this from so many people over the past 48 hours, so many people standing ninja for not doing work, for not doing the, for not tapping the low, the low hanging fruit is wild to me because again, 
in a country where we've seen everything that you can possibly have go in a direction towards anti-blackness, towards uh, marginal, you know, against marginalized folks and against represented, uh, underrepresented folks. The least you can do as a person with influence is use your influence. Use that thing that you have that is the most currency that you have. His money is going to be there for a long period of time. The time that you have to be in the spotlight is fleeting. I understand that as a 42-year-old black man who has started a podcast eight years ago and has missed the boat early. I know that I have a small window to influence as many people as I possibly can until people don't give a fuck about me anymore. When you're at that level, people care about you even less faster. You have less ways to be actual, actually uh, um, impactful in a way that actually moves the needle in a reasonable way because fame is fleeting. It's a thing that goes away. Ninja's not going to be 42 playing Valorant. He's not going to do that work. So while you're here, do something that makes a difference. Just saying that you spent some money, just saying that you are trying to do that work, it is not difficult to say, hey, take a moment, do that stuff, figure it out, and have a way to kind of talk about it in a way that feels reasonable to you. And also, the wildest thing about all of this stuff, and, and the thing that I keep going back to, is, fam, you need better PR. <laughs> this is the dumbest version of do it on your own that I've ever seen. You're in the New York Times. You are you have had the question come up about you not wanting to play with women, which, again, I'm happy he's answered all this stuff. But if you know that the answers are going to give you a, a, a negative tone in the industry and not play into your favor in terms of your visibility, why don't you have a firm doing this? This is famous people 101 shit. Like, get somebody to do that conversation for you so that you don't have to do it for you. Uh, if You don't have to worry about the repercussions when you come through with a weak-ass answer for a thing that's easy to do. It's not that hard. <laughs> I am trying to find representation so I don't have to do some of that stuff. You're telling me your multi-million dollar ass can't find somebody to be like, yo, I don't like this. Can you fix this? Can can you can you redo this question, please? I have to do that with most people who I have to go send questions to who are in higher ups. They vet the questions first before they give them to me. Before before they give it to the people. Like, this is like, again, famous people 101 shit. Like, how do you not understand this? This is not difficult. This is not hard. This is like one of those times where I'm looking at that stuff. I'm like, they should have gave me that money. Because this ain't it. This is easy. This is easy stuff. So the, 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 the crux of all of this for me, which I find mind boggling is one, the people who are standing the idea that just because you're famous and have an audience that you shouldn't say stuff that actually could move the needle and make the world better. That shit is wild Two, the idea that he shouldn't be able to, uh, and uh, shouldn't be able to give the lesson on civil rights and have the conversation with people because those kids are potentially trolls. What is that even? What is that even? Why is that even into the equation? How are you going to get baited by an eight-year-old to say like? It, here, here's the wild thing: if Shorty says, "Hey, 
you're a nigger. If he says it on stream and he says it on your channel, sure. I think that there's a problem there and that's the thing that needs to be addressed for your community. But that doesn't like automatically trigger you to say something racist back to be like, well, I'm not. Like, well, no, you are. Like, how does that, how, how are you getting baited by somebody else saying something racist, especially when you are one of the biggest streamers on the planet, the biggest streamers on this, one of the biggest streamers on this platform. It's not like you're going to get like randomly banned like Doc did. That's not going to happen. That's dumb. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be a thing that's going to, that's going to go down because most of the people who work in Twitch and understand the repercussions of how any of that stuff works knows that there has to be context there. It's not that hard. This is not a hard thing to do. I have sat, my wife has come home to me talking to many a racist on many a platform. The conversation I hear often about, it's not my job to do that thing. It ain't my job to make the world less racist. I get all the heat. Everybody I know who's black gets all the heat. And especially if you're online, especially you got a check mark, especially if you talk about white supremacy, you talk about any of that stuff. We get all the heat. All the smoke comes our way. If you're a minority, if you're an underrepresented person, if you're a marginalized person, you get all the smoke all the time. The least amount of problems that you can get as a white man who has a lot of money is that somebody calls you a nigger on, online. That's the worst thing that you can get. No. That's like Negro 101. Sorry. Welcome to my world. It ain't that deep for you. You can figure that part out. I think you'll I think you'll be fine in that respect. I think you'll I think your your image will not take a hit. Um last thing on that whole thing again is is about the industry needs to change up the way it thinks about who is important. The industry needs to figure out ways to think about just because your metrics are high doesn't mean that you bring quality to the planet. The conversation in the gaming industry needs to be one in which people who are actually doing the work actually get paid for it and actually get the visibility they deserve. I put my hand up all the time because I'm like, I'm actually doing the work. I'm doing the work. I'm doing stuff that people don't even see me doing, doing the work. And I will, because I do not play video games in the same way that y'all play video games, I'll probably not get that, that, that spot. And that's okay, but there should be a spot for us in that way. People who are doing the work, we deserve a spot. Um, uh, one of the questions in the chat really quick from uh, Vicinia Designs is, how do you handle being accused of race baiting? First of all, I say I've never seen a race bait. I've seen roach baits. I've never seen a race bait. I don't even understand the concept of race baiting. I don't know what race baiting is because I don't know what that actually does. So like if you were to say, hey, because I've had this conversation for many, many times over and over and over again about like, oh, you've called out white supremacy. So you've so you're racist, you're race baiting. You can only bait out racists when they tell on themselves. And most people who wind up calling you a race baiter are absolutely telling on themselves out in the street, on front street early being like you're a race baiter. And I don't understand that part of the conversation. It doesn't make sense to me because I can't. It doesn't benefit me. There's no benefits that I get for calling out white supremacy. If there was a way to capitalize on talking about race 
in the ways that most people need to talk about race, race, there would be a lot of racist, there'd be a lot of anti-racist millionaires. And there are very few. Most times you don't get love for being honest about the way race relations work in this country. Most times, most people want you to shut the hell up and don't say anything because that's easy. It's an easy way to, 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 to divert the conversation away from things. Um, it's a thing that doesn't actually happen. I am more and infinitely more impressed with people who can still have that conversation in a broad and reasonable and nuanced way, even if they are not able to fully grok or fully come through uh, with the conversation in a way that they actually understand. I have met so many people over the years who I've turned at least their thinking in terms of how to talk about race, how to talk about conversations in that way and how to bridge those conversations in a, in a bigger and better way. So they can take those to their white folks and have those conversations in real ways. I've done that work. That's easy. The conversation around race baiting is always the thing that happens when people don't have one, a good way to argue about it or talk about it in a real way. Two, or just plain stupid. Three, are plain stupid. Four, are plain stupid. <laughs> People who throw the conversation about race baiting are just plain stupid. They just haven't thought about it hard enough. They just don't think about it because they don't have to. So, to answer your question, Vicinia, that's 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 the conversation around that. I think, again, it, it is a diversion tactic to be able to uh, uh, move the conversation in a way to kind of throw you off. But I've been doing this work for so long. There's very few arguments that I've seen both on the Internet and in real life and through other people who have had their conversation with actual racists that you're going to, you know, you know, have me with my arms flapping talking about. I don't know how to deal with this conversation where most of the people don't know how to deal with the conversations. The reason why I put that stuff up on IamPogJam.com, there's a beautiful, that song from Odyssey, Book Covers, is brilliant. Listen to that song because it's exactly the way most most racist people kind of maneuver. Most people who are anti-diversity and inclusion, most people who are anti-progressive movement, most folks who are misogynist, they don't read and they're scared. And it's not because they don't want to, it's because they choose not to, because it's easy to just sit in, the, in that bubble and not do that work. It is infinitely harder to, 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 to roll up on somebody and be like, I need you to do better. I need you to rethink your position. I need you to figure out where your biases are and figure out ways to talk about those things in a better way. You can tell Ninja hasn't done that work. You can tell he's not trying to do that work. Because if he did, he wouldn't pop off the way he's been popping off at people. And we'll still probably get so many people within his own audience who will rock with you that way. The last thing I'll say about that thing is the, um, the, the, the thing that I find the most interesting about all of this, not only from a relationship standpoint um, within his, you know, his marriage, which I think is interesting about the whole like conversation about like not wanting to play with women. Because if you think about that whole conversation, it's never really from his wife kind of like bringing that part of the conversation up. If they've had those conversations, it's never been a thing that's happened in public. People are speculating a whole bunch of things like, did he cheat on his wife? And did that stuff happen? And all that kind of stuff. None of those things matter in my mind. What you say and what you do matter, right? The idea that that is a thing that feels like it can um, sabotage your own relationship is an interesting one. 
I talked about that online the other day. I was like, if my wife and I had that conversation about like, Kai, you can't play with women. You can't have women friends. Da, 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 da. We'd have to go run to therapy super quick. Most of the most brilliant, awesome people in my life have always been women. Women have hit me to so much game that dudes bullshit about all the time that I hardly have dude friends because dudes bullshit all the time. It's about machismo and it's about talking shit. And it's about trying to figure out good ways to, to make myself and blow up my chest. Women have been infinitely honest about everything. To the point that I remember when I was in high school, I used to chill and hang out with, with most of the women and most of the girls. I used to go hang out with them and chill with them. And I would have cats roll up on me and be like, yo, Kai, you gay? And I was like, no, nah. I was like, I'm learning shit while y'all trying to get in people's drawers and ain't getting no business. I'm like, I'm learning all the game right here. And y'all fretting over there talking about, yo, my joint is big. I'm like, nobody cares. Because you said all that stuff. But Susie, who you smashed the other day, was like, mm-mm, that ain't it, bruh. <laughs> that ain't really what was happening in all them conversations. Between these sheets, there ain't nothing happening here. You know what I'm saying? So there's a conversation, again, of like why and how. You, cir- you circle yourselves with people who have influence and people who matter and people who will tell you truth. The thing that I noticed the most when it comes to these conversations about race and ninja is that no one is telling him truth. The same people who are streaming with him, if those are really your peoples and really trying to see you grow, they will pull you aside and be like, yo, fam, why you don't want to walk with women on the stream? Yo, fam, why don't you want to Talk about this thing in a bigger way when you have this audience. Yo, fam, why didn't you want to do this kind of work? If they're really a people's, they would really be the ones who are pushing you to be better. And we've seen that not be the case. So that's my that's my thoughts about, about Ninja. I think, you know, I don't foresee, and again, this conversation is going to happen again during Black History Month. And, and that's a, a quick thing I want to kind of move over to as a pivot. Um, Black History Month is coming up. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff that's happening. Please, 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 for the love of everything that's sacred. I understand that, again, we're going to have this cyclical conversation about culture vultures coming into the space. How many white folks are coming into the space and looking to, to, to uplift black people only for only for February? How many is how much of that conversation is going to happen? I'm already seeing that conversation happen and it's annoying. Whatever feelings you got, that's fine. My feelings are this. 2021 is about making movement. 2021, if we learned anything from 2020, is that all the stuff that we said was going to happen, happened. Knowing that going forward and you having good information now, which we already had in 2000 till 2020, is that conversation is going to happen within our community. People are going to come in and poke in, feel like they're doing actual work by putting you in spaces to be able to do that work for them and with them. What are you going to do with that? And I would also say, and, and Vicenia Design says in the, in, the, in the chat, take advantage of people trying to use you. Here's my, here's my thought on that, because I think that that is important too. There are some good folks in the space who aren't trying to use you. I think that that's true. There are people who remember you during Black History Month, which is the argument and the beef that we usually have in that conversation. And my point to that is, I don't care. I don't care 
if you remember me in February and you don't remember me in January, I mean, in, in March, I don't care because I'm still going to be making moves. That should be the energy that we have going forth in 2020 and 2020. <laughs> well, I was like Tony, 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 but in years in 2021 is I don't care if you're going to come into the space and do that work. You have to figure out what the F you going to do. We already know what's going to happen. What are you going to do about that? We are the arbiters of our future. We get to make decisions for ourselves as a community, as a collective, individually. We are not a monolith. We get to make decisions about what we do. We get to bring in people to the fold. We get to ally with folks who are trying to do the work and, and give us a place to uplift the messages that we do have. Again, what are you going to do? I'm tired of hearing about people talking about, oh, these people are going to come through and they're going to give us all this bad energy. Oh, they're going to come through and they're going to cherry pick people and do all this kind of stuff. And they're not going to think about us in June or in, or, 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 or in October. If you already know that that's the case, then what the fuck are you going to do about that? Make money, grow your stuff, use the time that you are on those platforms to bridge out and reach across to other audiences. If you don't jump on those shows, that's an asshole move on yourself. You, No one loses out but you. Fake it till you make it. Make the move and then use that to bridge whatever you need to bridge so that you can grow in the next year. You're going to see me doing a whole bunch of shit this in, in Black History Month. You know why? Because I'm trying to grow this thing. I want to grow with y'all too. And I will continue to, 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 to do what I can to collab and do all the cool stuff with as many people as possible because at the end of the day, I'm not worried about what white folk do. I don't care. I have a thing. This is a platform. It is small in comparison to other ones. But it is powerful and is mighty and it is strong like Kevin Hart's nose. Strong. <laughs> Basically. It's like, what are you going to do? You going to complain for a whole 30 days and lose out on opportunities? Or are you going to actually make a move? Make a move. Because that's what you actually need to do. Um, thank you for listening to my rant. Uh, doing it live. Damn right. Again. So much stuff that we could be doing in the space and trying to figure out ways to, to capitalize on energy that we have. But we spend so much time fussing about what other people are doing and fussing about things that are in our control that we can actually make a difference between. In the words of Gary Witta, if you ain't making moves, you're standing still. For real, for real. Um, before we get up out of here, a couple of things that I have been playing, which I think are actually been really, really fun. Um... I got into Path of Exile uh, lately, which is now like crack. <laughs> Path of Exile is like crack. Uh, it is a game that I did not know that I liked as much as I did until I started playing it. I have to give a huge shout out to it me JP. Uh, check out his stream. Uh, dope, dope streamer. He's been fantastic in the space for a very long time. I've been watching a lot of his stuff um, of late uh, because he's been playing Path of Exile and Co Carnage has been playing a whole bunch of Path of Exile. And I was watching the stream the other day and I was like, yo, this is, this is cool. Like this, it's like it, literally his characters are spinning in a circle, just like with a hammer, just beating the hell out of all these other characters in this circle, just like wrecking people and just doing all this dope stuff. And I was like, oh man, I definitely want to check this out and play this free to play. I downloaded it on my console. It plays really well on console. I'm probably going to try to check it on, on PC as well. Um, but it's nuts. Like on PC, it's just so many things happening. And it's, it's like, it is a game that is extremely deep. 
Um, it has super fun mechanics. If you are in that Diablo space where you love games like that, this is a definite cool game for you. Um, uh, and I'm going to be playing more of that for sure. I've been playing that. Um, um, I got my, my Xbox Series S in the corner there. So I've been playing a lot of that stuff as well, kind of playing and digging into that. I played Hive Busters, the, 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 the Gears of War DLC, which was super fun. I really love that thing. It's beautiful. And I really want more Gears games in that vein that are super pretty and, and, and dig into, um, you know, extra extra textures and, and palettes in that way because it is beautiful. It's a fantastic uh, game to play. Um, Dr. Jones, if Dr. Jones is in the chat, uh, we've been playing Tarkov. Uh, I have not played some Tarkov with him in a couple of days because um, he doesn't love me anymore. Uh, that's not true. That's actually because I just haven't had time uh, because I was digging into Overwatch and stuff like that as well. Uh, but I think I've been playing some more Tarkov and trying to get into that some more. Um, I can't talk about my experiences with the online part of uh, Watch Dogs Legion yet, um, but I played some today and I can't say anything yet, but I will say that I played it and my face will give an emotion and a connectivity that you just kind of figure out. Freeze frame. Anyway. Playing a whole bunch of that, and then lastly, I've, I've been I've been slacking on my on my reviews. Uh, I have a I owe you all a review of Hitman Three. Uh, the the quick and dirty version of that is it is damn good. It is extremely good. It is very 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 good. Um, I was watching the fam Dave Lang play it the other day, uh, who I love watching him play Hitman. It's one of my favorite things on the planet to watch Dave play Hitman, um, and it is it is just phenomenally done. Again, like we had for us, uh, so at large. Uh, on the show and, and getting a chance to talk to her about the game itself. But like that game is very special. That game is extremely special um, in that way. And I think if there is a game to be checking out soon, definitely go check that thing out. Um, uh, I'm going to be checking out the medium soon. Uh, it just came out today uh, as of the 27th. Uh, it is on game pass. You should be able to download that for free. If you have game pass, go download that on your uh, Xboxes and on your PCs and, and get a chance to play that. Cause it is pretty cool from what I hear. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll give some more thoughts on that soon. Um, besides all that, again, everyone, thank you so much for coming through this week and every week. Um, it is, it is so much fun to be able to get to talk to you all about all the cool things that are happening, uh, here in Bricago. Uh, a huge shout out to our friends over Latinx and gaming again for coming through and being our guests this week. Um, we're going to be poking some folks, uh, again to see like who we're going to snag for, for black history month. Um, if there are folks you want to see on the show, suggest it. Shout it out to us. A shout out to me on Twitter uh, because that's the folks. Uh, that's the easiest way for me to make those connections for sure. Uh, and then make sure that you're hitting me up for all those conversations. There's going to be a lot of Black History Month stuff coming up that you might see my my, my face on. You saw me as Pog Champ. You may see me as uh, the Black Champ for Black History Month. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that means. That has actually actually no meaning. Uh, for sure, for sure. So a uh, huge thank you again to our folks over at Team Liquid. Make sure you go to tl.gg slash spawn on me. I'm sorry, slash spawn uh, to check out some of their wares here. You can get one of these dope Marvel hoodies uh, here if you're watching it on Twitch. If you're on the audio version of the podcast, make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're also checking out our basketball podcast over at Fanbyte Media called Corner 3. It is me, Nikki Grayson, and John Warren uh, talking all about the NBA uh, and doing that kind of stuff because I'm a big NBA fan. So getting a chance to do a basketball podcast 
is even better and, and super dope to be able to do that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all online and in all those places. Uh, I may even do some stuff over Clubhouse. I, I, you know, why not? There may be some cool Clubhouse conversations to, 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 to talk about stuff over there. So if you want to know about podcasting or want to know about uh, all that kind of stuff, maybe there'll be some cool stuff over in Clubhouse as well. So make sure you're checking that kind of stuff out. Uh, if you're on Twitch, hang out for a little bit. We're going to do our after show. I'll give all the folks who give us some love, some love. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio version of this show, thank you for coming through this week and every week for listening to the listen to the podcast. Uh, you are the lifeblood of our show. Um, again, give us a, a uh, review over on Apple, Apple uh, podcast. A five-star review is super beneficial. Uh, leave us a message over at speakpipe.com slash uh, spawn on me. If you want to be a part of one of our ask Ka anything shows, please send that those, those voicemails in. They will, bundle that up and do some videos for those as well. Um, and yeah, much love to everybody here in the podcast, in the world, in Bricago. We're going to see you all next week with some more dopeness here on the Spawn of Me podcast. Hang out for a little bit until we hit the post show. We'll see you all in a little bit.